welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host of this podcast. Well, how are we today? It's tomorrow's Friday and we've got the weekend. I'm pretty pumped about that. I think it's going to be a good weekend. Um, I know I shouldn't be saying this as now a Canadian, but we still have no snow here in Calgary and everything's decorated. You know, we've got the whole shebang going on, but there's no snow. I'm very shocked by that. And I love snow at Christmas. I love it. It's like a movie to me. It's like a dream. I just love every single every single um, bit of Christmas, including the snow. But I know it will be coming. And uh, <laughs> when it does come, I'm sure I'll be like, ah, it's so cold. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It really, really is. And I think it just makes it really special. Um, but yeah, uh, we have a family photo shoot coming up on Sunday. So that'll be fun. It's kind of awkward because I was planning to do that for my mom for her Christmas. Well, my whole family is a Christmas present. Um, and I was going to get one of my old coworkers to shoot for us. And then she comes down to my room and she's like, yeah, so what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, uh, nothing. Why? She's like, oh, we're going to do a family photo shoot on Sunday. I was like, what? I was like, mom, I was like, that's my Christmas present to you. <laughs> so I canceled mine because it's just going to go that way. I can already tell. So, um, but I'm excited for it. It'll be fun. Um, we're doing like a photo shoot out of like an old vintage camper, which is totally down my alley. I love it either way. Um, and yeah, like that's everything that's going on really. Um, somehow we are still open. I'm delighted with it and I hope it stays like that for the month of December. I love working through December. I really, really do. It gives me such a happy Christmassy feeling to work with Christmas music. Our work's all decorated now for Christmas. Outside of um, Butter, we are working like a um, it's called Bankers Hall basically. It's downtown in Calgary and um, we have this massive huge tree that goes up. I, I'm, it must be like 15 foot maybe not 15 foot, maybe like yeah maybe 15 foot but it's huge it is just such a big christmas tree and it's beautiful and they have all these dangling twinkling lights it's probably the most well decorated like trees uh, or like areas i think downtown um and they're already playing christmas music which i love puts me in such a good spirit um sorry this is literally gonna be the whole month of december just being so happy because it's almost christmas um but yeah um, some shows I have been watching. Um, if you have BritBox, Chris and I were both watching um, Little Boy Blue, which was such a heartbreaking story. Um, it was out of Liverpool. It was a true story. There's only four episodes of it. And um, it's about a little boy who was called in for subs for a soccer, like a soccer game, like a football game. And um, there was a gang-related like violence going on, and um, he got shot and was killed. And it's just basically going on about the whole trial of that. And it's it's such a heartbreaking but really well put together show. Um, and it is based in real life, which was just so 
heartbreaking to watch and um yeah it's it's pretty sad but it's a very very well done show so you should definitely check that out um as you probably know from my last episode you gotta still watch that Alison Bota um documentary I actually had one of my clients in yesterday and she's from South Africa and I was asking her about it um um, but she had like left South Africa by the time that it happened so she's gonna do some looking into it as well um and yeah I don't know just uh what else have we been watching oh um to all like my UK and Irish people out there just really anyone who knows UK television I've been watching I'm a celebrity get me out of here oh it's so good this year it's just I come in I've literally been going to bed so early like I'm literally in bed at like 8 30 9 o'clock every single night and probably don't make it till like 9 30 at night by the time I'm passed out which I really don't care I'm like this is perfect um and I come in and I watch it and it just gives me such a good laugh before I fall asleep like it's just such a brilliant show um and that's kind of like everything I have been watching again I've just been listening to Armchair Expert with Doc Shepard um, he had an episode with Halsey on, um, was it yesterday, or sometime last week or this week. It was really, really good. Um, I had no idea Halsey's real name was Ashley. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and then she's coming out with this new book and the book is really cool. It's just based on like poems and stories about her life, but she does it in like poetic form. Um, and if you do listen to that, make sure you stay to the end because she does read out one of her poems. And it's such a brilliant poem and it kind of like ties into like murder theme. I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. I really enjoyed it actually. And I kind of want to get her book now. I'm like, I'm really interested in it. I've never been like a massive fan of like her music or anything like that. I remember in high school, she was such a huge star, but, um, so that's one of the podcasts I've been listening to. And again, I love Dak Shepard. Like I didn't realize how transparent he is on like on his show and he's just so like, open about like everything um so that's a really good podcast that i am listening to right now um again like my favorite murder i'll never get sick of that and yeah i don't know if you have any other recommendations i'm always open to them or any shows um yeah i think i think that's pretty much all i have to report back to you guys oh yeah oh my god so when this episode get released on thursday morning um you'll see my new cover that my best friend Kevin made me so I'll give you a little background story of Kevin and I so I just moved back from California I've been living there for almost two years and I um, moved back to my hometown in Westport Ireland and I started a new school instead of going back to my old school which was like kind of like out in the countryside like um, Mariscaria which is where like my friend Jenny lives who's on one of my live episodes and um so Kevin was in that school and he was actually born in New York so um, him and his twin brother um, his brother Mark and his sister Rachel they had all moved well Rachel was born in Ireland but all of them were basically from the States too um, when they were very young so we had like that in common and they'd gone back and visited a few times so we'd always talk about like oh do you remember like this do you remember that even though we're in like completely different parts of the States um, 
and we just became best friends from there um his family was actually supposed to move to canada at the same time as us but unfortunately their visa application was just much more trickier than ours so they never ended up getting to do that so they moved to the uk so now when we go to the uk i always get to see them and kevin pork i'm like always and his name's not pork it's porek um and it's spelled like padrick um but that's just kind of how I say it because it's like I just say it so fast and like all my Canadian friends are like who's pork I'm like what I'm like, what are you talking about and they're like pork I'm like oh pork <laughs> so funny anyways so yeah Kevin and I have always been really good friends since we were about I believe I would have been about 11 and our birthdays um all three of us our birthdays are just like three days apart four days apart so it's really great we always used to have like parties together or like go to the movies together for our birthday and stuff so that was really nice um and yeah so he created this artwork for me uh he is so so talented i honestly am so proud of this artwork like i can't even express to you how amazing it is um and how well done it is so let me know your feedback on it. I think it's very well done. I, I just, I really, really am so stoked about it. Last night I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and I had to pee. So I like looked at my phone and he'd sent me like the final bit and I was like, ah! I was like, this is so fantastic. Oh man. But uh, yeah, so I'll tag him when I post it on my Instagram. Go give him a follow. Um, he's amazing. So yeah that's all i gotta say to you guys please enjoy episode 17 i can't believe we're here already this is crazy oh also um i just want to say thank you to the young girl who's from yorkshire but she's living in vancouver who messaged me last night that was just the icing on the cake for me yesterday evening i was delighted when i read that message and just to hear like someone had found my podcast literally just through being recommended through spotify um that was a huge amazing happy feeling to receive that and to realize that people are getting through my podcast just from being recommended through the apps that they're using so um that is a wonderful feeling so thank you for that message i really really appreciate that so anyways uh have a great day enjoy your weekend please guys be safe out there and uh happy listening bye bye Alrighty, so um, today for episode 17, we are going to be doing the crazy story of Elizabeth Diane Downs. Um, most of you have probably heard of this story. I've certainly heard of it like a few times, but I've actually never really dug deep into like reading about it and researching it. So um, I thought, why not doing it on the podcast? And um, I got most of my information from Murderpedia. I watched an ABC interview with like the daughters and the investigators and um, just different people who were, um, what are they called? Reporters. I was like, what the heck are reporters called? Um, different reporters who got to like interview her like during this case. Now, never in my life have I seen someone act so diabolical on the television on live tv live interviews than diane downs i could not believe my eyes 
Um, if she thought for a second that even on her first interview on television that people weren't going to start second guessing her and that she might have been the murderer and not some man and she is so so wrong um so you can watch that um i think it's it was like an abc interview and i think it's like mothers mothers who kill or something like that um but uh very interesting and very well done it was a great documentary actually just watched it bit by bit on youtube um i was just like looking on there to see so let's kind of get into it then i guess um so elizabeth diane downs was born august 7th 1955 she is an american criminal who murdered her daughter and attempted to murder her two other children in may of 1983 Following the crime, she told police a man had attempted to carjack her and had shot the children. She was convicted in 1984 and was sentenced to life in prison plus 50 years. Dan's briefly escaped in 1987 and was recaptured. She is the subject of a book by Anne Rule. Anne Rule is amazing. Anne Rule is an author or a writer who um, started off, I think it was like in the 60s or 70s writing true crime novels so um she's amazing and i remember when i started up my podcast and i made a facebook page i had a lot of random people from the states say that they met Anne rule and how amazing she was um i believe Anne rule actually passed away in 2015 but so amazing and very very a very talented writer um so if you are interested in reading true crime novels um look up Anne rule she's great um, she also, a small, like, a made-for-television movie came out as well called Small Sacrifices, and that is the name of the book as well. Uh, she was denied parole in December 2008 and again in December 2010. She is eligible to try again this year in 2020 at the age of 65, so she is 65 right now, which is crazy to me. Um, it, it really is such a twisted story and again you have to watch this interview with her um, not interviews in, in the police station uh, there is recordings but interviews on the television she's just got such a sly demeanor about her and it's so hard to even put your finger on like she's just a nasty little rat to be honest with you um, so Diane Downs, was, Diane Downs was born in Phoenix Arizona on August 7th 1955 um, two parents, Wesley Lowden and uh, Wildine Fredrickson, and she was testified that her father sexually abused her when she was 12 years old. Diane graduated from Moon Valley High School in Phoenix, where she met her husband, Steve Downs. After high school, she enrolled in Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College in Orange County, California, but was expelled only after a year for promiscuous behavior and soon returned to her parents' home in Arizona. So Diane Downs did marry her childhood sweetheart, as you could say. Um, and unfortunately, um, that relationship did not last long, which is actually why she moved up from Arizona to Oregon, because that's where the murders took place. So on May 8th, 1982, she gave birth um, to her daughter through surrogacy. Um, she named the child Jennifer before turning her over to her intended parents. Prior to her arrest, Downs was employed at the United States Postal Service assigned to the mail routes 
in the city of Cottage Grove, Oregon. Cheryl Lynn, shortly before her death, reportedly told her neighbor or grandparents that she was afraid of her mother. On November 13, 1973, Diane married Steve Downs after running away from home. Their first child, Christy Ann, was born in 1974. Cheryl Lynn followed in 1976, with Steve and Daniel being born in 1979. The couple divorced in 1980 because Steve believed that Steve and Daniel, known as Danny, was a result of an affair that Diane had had. So, um, yeah, their relationship didn't really end very well, and they moved to this really small town um, called Springfield in Oregon. And this Springfield town is like quite like a rundown town, and um, it wasn't. It didn't have like, the best rep. So she moved there. She got a job at a postal as a postal lady, I guess. And just kind of started working there from there and, you know, moving on with her life. So on May 19th, 1983, Downs shot her three children and drove them in a blood spattered car to the Mackenzie Wilmot Hospital. Upon arrival, Cheryl, age seven, was already dead and Danny, age three, was paralyzed from the waist down and Christy, age eight, had suffered the sabling stroke. Downs herself had been shot in the left forearm and she claimed her car was carjacked on a rural road near Springfield, Oregon, by a strange man who shot her and then her children. However, investigators and the hospital workers became suspicious because they decided her manner was too calm for a person who had experienced a traumatic event. She also made a number of statements that both police and hospital workers considered highly inappropriate. So, what really, I think, alarmed a lot of people about Diane was... um, it was at 9.30 at night. She decided to leave her home and go for a drive to meet one of her friends that she knew. So um, she goes out on this drive and it's 9.30 at night in the middle of the week. And um, she takes like another back road to show her kids some scenery, allegedly. And she sees a man on the side of the road and he's waving her down and he's like, oh, like, help me. Like, da, 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 da. And he wants to take the car. And apparently she replies to him being like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And in the interview with the police officers, she's just like, this stuff only happens in movies. Like, that's why I said, are you kidding me? And the the reason why people are very suspicious is, first of all, one of the daughters was shot twice in the back of the head. One of the daughters, the other daughter was shot in the chest and then the son was the same, I believe. Um, But she was only shot in the arm and people the people of Oregon were going frantic because who is this man that's on the streets that's not gonna harm a woman but he's gonna harm three kids in the back of a car and kill one so already that was very suspicious and then she gets into the hospital and you know she comes out and she's wearing a cast and the doctor who had operated on her already found such a strange way about her um she was cracking jokes. She didn't seem anyways upset that her daughter literally was murdered. Um, just a very, very evil persona about her. And um, at one point she cracks a joke saying that her brand new car had been ruined by blood spatter. And um, not even the slightest bit concerned that one of her daughters is dead. Like this is just so insane to me. Um, 
and it, I just I really couldn't wrap my head around that part of it and you'll see it too again in those interviews like just how calm and like present like well presented she's trying to be um and it, it, it is just like highly inappropriate like the nurses and doctors were saying from that hospital um you know and she took time to wrap her arm up with um the clothes she was wearing but left her kids just bleeding out in the back of the car um and she carefully wrapped it as well i like and you know i think if i was a mom and that had happened to me i wouldn't care about myself i would just try and get there as fast as possible and like save my kids like it really just shocked me that she decided to take care of herself but just left her three kids in the back of the car so suspicions really grew when downs upon arrival at the hospital to revisit her children phoned robert kigaber a married man and a former co-worker in the arizona whom she'd been having an extramarital affair with so the forensic evidence did not match her story there was no blood spatter on the driver's side of the car nor was there any gunpowder residue in the driver's door or the interior door panel um they also reported to the police that downs had stalked him and seemed willing to kill his wife if it meant that she could have him to herself. He stated that he was relieved that she had left Oregon and that he was able to reconcile with his wife. So this man worked with Diane Dance in the postal services in Oregon and she had become obsessed with him. Uh, She wrote numerous, numerous letters inside of her notebooks and journals in her room um, about how she wanted to be with him, how she wanted to like run away with him, and all these crazy accusations and just really inappropriate stuff. She was writing her diaries, and um, so she becomes obsessed. He actually is married, but they, him and his wife, were separated right now, and she is just so besought with him. She needs to be with him. This is the guy she wants to be with. Uh, when um, an interviewer comes to his house to interview him he was relieved that she had left and that this stuff had come out about her because he literally thought she was a psychopath from day one um and you know they start like investigating things and there's a lot of blood splatter off on like the right hand side of the car so the passenger side of the car and they believe the youngest daughter who was shot and killed tried escaping the car well it was pulled over on the side of the road and um that's where you know she got murdered up against the car because there seemed to be a lot of blood splatter off on the passenger side so when police had asked her if she had owned a gun she denied it of course when in fact she actually did and she Downs did not disclose to the police that she owned a 22 caliber handgun but both steve downs informed them that she did so they found out through this mom who works in the post office and her ex-husband investigators later discovered downs bought the handgun in arizona 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 uh while they were unable to find an actual weapon they found an unfriend casings in her home with the extractor markings from the murder weapon most damaging witnesses saw her car being driven very slowly towards the hospital at an estimated speed of 8 to 11 kilometers an hour which is so bad because she claimed that she rushed into the hospital and 
yada 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 when a lot of eyewitnesses saw her pull up at a very very slow speed like that is extremely slow i don't even think i could drive my car that slow even if i wanted to contradicting her claim that she drove to the hospital at high speed after the shooting based on this additional evidence downs was arrested on february 28 1984 nine months after the shooting and charged with one count of murder and two counts of attempted murder and a criminal assault so she really tried her best to get away with it and um i think one of the things that kind of concluded that she was guilty was so her daughter the eldest one um unfortunately had a massive stroke after being shot at such a young age like eight years old um and uh you know it really damaged her brain and she couldn't really speak all the best so she had a male um psychiatrist at the time and he would get her to come in and you know she wasn't comfortable speaking yet so every single day he tried to just get comfortable with her he'd say okay i want you to write down who you think to this to your mom and he did that day after day after day after day and he would throw each one in the fireplace right in front of her and burn it so he eventually gained her trust and then one day came by where she wrote it out and she actually handed it to him and the note said my mom and that was enough then to go to police and be like okay she's finally admitted that it was her mom that murdered her sibling and shot the two of them and there was no man involved whatsoever um, which I think is so crazy. Like, and it's such a smart way to build trust with a child, because this child's probably thinking in their head, "Okay, well, it's still my mom. I don't want her to get mad at me. I don't want her to like lose her shit at me that I ratted her out, and I still care about her." Obviously, because it's a child and they're innocent, and I don't see the bad behind it all. Um, and so I think that's just such a smart way to do that. And when police were interrogating her she was so adamant that she did not do it and even in the interview you can hear the police being like oh you're really confident in yourself aren't you and she's like yeah i am i am confident in myself like watch me look at me and then at one point she claims that she knows who the murderer was and she's like i know who he is i know who he is yep yep don't worry i got it i i know who he is blah 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 blah. and she is just like losing out of this guy and then all of a sudden she's like well you know what you can shove it up your fucking ass because i know who did it and she storms out of the interview room and i was like oh lady does not like being pressured and they really tried their best their best to um you know pressure her and get as much information out of her but she was not breaking um she did not care at all she really really stuck with what she thought and but you can tell it was breaking her down it was just that aggression and that anger that was coming out of her um when they would be like okay well if you know who it is and just tell us and she's like yeah well you know like getting all like, defensive about it regardless she was being defensive and she was up in arms of um who she, the killer was um so she was arrested nine months after and um you know was brought into court so the prosecutors argue that down shot her children to be free of them so she could continue her affair with this man who worked in the postal office she claimed that he let it be known that he did not want children in his life 
Much of the case against her rested on the testimony of surviving daughter, Christy, who, once she recovered, had the ability to speak, described how her mother shot all three children while parked on the side of the road and then shot herself in the arm. Christy was eight years old at the time of the murder and nine years, nine years old at the time of the trial. Now, what a brave kid. I mean, again, bringing up that whole point of, like, this is her mum and she's probably terrified of her like her mom literally tried shooting her um it's just such a scary scary case and um she was so brave enough to be able to get up and admit that it was her mom because at a very young age that'd be such a hard thing to do unless you had a terrible relationship to begin with and the fact that one of the younger the youngest daughter who was murdered already felt threatened by the mom um and told a neighbor about that i i really thought that was uh very interesting so dan's was convicted on all charges on june 17th 1984 and sentenced to life in prison plus 50 years she was required to serve 25 years before being considered for parole psychiatrists diagnosed her with a narcissistic hysteronic and antisocial personality disorders most of her sentence is to be served consecutively. Consecutively. <laughs> Why can't I say that properly? The judge made it clear that he did not intend for Dance to ever be free again. Which is good. She shouldn't be free again. She's a fucking psycho bitch who literally murdered or her murdered her one daughter or injured her two other kids. And I'd say she was shitting herself when um, her one oldest daughter survived and she was able to speak. And um, I should mention too that her son is actually like disabled now. And the whole time she was being like interviewed, she was like, he'll walk again. Um, If God is my witness, I will love him. I believe that his mind will heal his body. And I'll do that until the day I die. I will love him until he'll be able to walk again. I don't believe those doctors. Like, shut the fuck up. Oh my God. Like, who the hell do you think you are? Ugh. So, anyways, so the aftermath of this whole horrific thing for these two poor innocent children, Dan's two surviving children eventually went to live in the lead prosecutor on the case, Fred Hugie. Uh, he and his wife Joanne adopted them in 1986, which is just so, I've never heard of that before, you know, someone who's working on the case looking after the children, like it's, it's really quite something, um, and it was really great to hear at the same time too so prior to her arrest Dance became pregnant with a fifth child and gave birth to a girl whom she named Amy Elizabeth a month after her 1984 trial 10 days before Dan's sentencing Amy was seized by the state of Oregon and adopted by Chris and Jackie Babuck who named her Rebecca as an adult Rebecca appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show and ABCs discussing how it feels about a biological mother. She wrote down to her, she wrote to Downs in her younger years and stated she regrets it regarding her mother as a monster. Um so this part of the story is really interesting. So all of a sudden she comes out and she's in an interview and she tells them that she's pregnant. And then she goes on to explain how she got pregnant and this man and she wanted to keep it anonymous because he felt very strongly about this baby and um you know he didn't want the whole media knowing this whole story 
So essentially, she's a postal worker. And there was this one man who was very well looking, you know, he had a good career, everything that was on her route. And she arrives at his house one day with a bottle of whiskey and some marijuana and gets on in there. And apparently she told like investigators that um, she was very in tune with her body and she knew that she was very fertile that day and that if she had sex that day that she was going to get pregnant immediately, which she did. Um, of course then once this baby was born this man wanted nothing to do with the psychopath and denied anything about it um, and I just thought that was like such a crazy story and you know she was like I'm, I'm never going to see my other daughter again she's dead so I may as well have another daughter I may as well have another child and to be quite frank with you I probably won't see my other children either so I may as well have another one and this is a person I can talk to the whole time like while I'm lonely like just psycho stuff like that it was just insane to me really um so dance was incarcerated in the uh, oregon women's correctional center in salem she escaped in july 11 1987 of course she did because she's such a fucking character like you wouldn't expect anything else from this loser and she was recaptured just a few blocks from the prison on july 21st she received an additional five-year sentence for the escape after her recapture, Downs was transferred to the New Jersey Department of Corrections Clinton Correctional Facility for Women after a heavy lobbying from Hughie. The Salem prison was located 66 miles from Hughie's home in Springfield. During the 10 days of freedom, Hughie and had feared that Downs would attempt to travel there in hopes of contacting Christine Danny. Despite the significant security upgrades at the women's facility after the escape, State officials accepted Hughie's argument that the risk of harm of Christy and Danny in the event of any other escape was too great for Dan's to remain incarcerated in Oregon. So they moved her based off of like the safety of her ex-children, I guess you could say. In 1994, after serving 10 years, Dan was transferred to California Departments of Corrections and Rehabilitation. While in prison, she, was, er, she had earned associate degree in general studies. In 2010, she was located in the Valley State Prison for Women in Chowilla, Chowchilla. I feel like I've been there before, Chowchilla, in California, but transferred out when the facility was converted to an all-male institute in 2013. So, you know, she'd been moved around quite a bit, and I can imagine even when she was in California, it was very, very worrying for those kids in their teenage years you know like fuck like mom's pretty close like if they could even call her mom they had a new mom now who actually probably loved them and took care of them far more than this psycho little weirdo did so um Anne Rule wrote the book Small Sacrifices in 1987 detailing Dan's life and murder trial the book documents the account by friends acquaintances neighbors and her surviving daughter Christy who questioned the quality of her parenting a made-for-TV movie also titled Small Sacrifices starring Farrah Fawcett and as Diane Downs aired on ABC in 1989. I'd actually love to watch that. I should see if I can find it somewhere. So Downs' sentence meant she could not be considered for parole until 2009 under Oregon law at that time as a dangerous offender. Downs would have been eligible for parole hearing every two years until she was released or until she died in prison. In her first application for parole in 2008, Downs reaffirmed her innocence. Quote, over the years, she said, 
I have told you the rest of the world that a man shot me and my children. I have never changed my story, end quote. Like, fuck off. Like, we know you did it. Why are you still... Oh, like, oh, she's just so frustrating to like even listen to. And then these interviews, the smirk on her face while she's sitting in the hospital bed. Oh, and I forgot to mention, they do a reenactment. Police get her to do a reenactment of when she's in her police uh, when she's in her car, and the man comes up. There's another police officer standing there pretending to like be holding a gun, and she reenacts the whole thing. As she jumps in the car to drive away. She hits her elbow in her cast and she bursts out laughing. She was so giddy, saying, like, Oh my god, I've just hit my elbow. Ow. <laughs> like laughing. Like fucking crazy bitch. Like doesn't even care at all that these people are literally so suspicious of her and that's what they're getting her to do a reenactment. Like not even the slightest clue. It, it, it she's just so ignorant to this whole thing. And she thinks, you know, this whole time that, you know, she's going to get on the news and she's going to get noticed. And I really think it was like a fame thing for her um, more so than anything. It was, it was, it was quite something. So, um, so, you know, she claimed that she was, that it wasn't her, that it was still this man and that she'd never changed her story. Um, and her first parole hearing then was on December 9th, 2008. Lane County District Attorney Douglas Harcloud uh, wrote to the parole board, quote, Dan's continues to fail to demonstrate any honest insight into her criminal behavior. Even after her conviction, she continues to fabricate new versions or events under which the crimes occurred. He also wrote the alternative, she alternatively refers to assailants as busy haired stranger two it was oh yeah because she changed the story that it was not one man but then it was two men that came and she completely changed the description and then that got quoted as like the funny i thought it was just like so funny that bushy haired stranger and that became bhs which i just thought was so fucking ridiculous like this woman just cannot get a grip um two we- two men wearing ski masks or drug dealers and corrupt law enforcement officials dance participated in the hearing from um the valley state prison for women she was not permitted to have a s- permitted a s- she was not permitted a statement but answered questions from the parole board after 3 hours of interviews and 30 minutes of deliberation she was denied parole so then like just she was denied 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 and obviously just wasn't really getting the hint at all that whatever she was going to say wasn't going to work um and so then dan's faced her second parole hearing on december 10th of 2010 so that's literally in a couple of weeks um right now i'm recording and it is god what date are we even in um i'm just checking my phone we are on november 11th so it is remembrance day here in canada um and so we're literally a whole month away from this hearing and i'm gonna try and watch it like or if there is a way you can watch it but it's just such a fucking crazy story um so that will be on december 10th and uh yeah we'll see we'll see how it all goes um she'll be 65 years old um until she can 
hear this parole on December 10th. So I guess we'll all see how it goes. And that is the crazy story of Diane Downs. Um, I honestly never I, I knew about her I'd heard so many people referring to her but I never actually knew the story for myself and just watching the documentaries and reading you know certain clips or certain snippets of Anne Rill's book and just that one interview of her like daughter her daughter is stunning by the way and she's just like claiming that she never like wants to be her and she hopes that you know she was worried when she was a teenager that's like, who she would end up like and just that whole trauma and her poor brother as well and then this other kid the the man that she dragged into it all the men that she dragged into it it's just a fucking crazy story so um yeah i hope you enjoyed that and if there's any other um you know women killers that you would like me to do please send them my way um there's not as many as there is male but when there are some crazy stories it's it's some good ones to tell if you have any good like survival stories but the ones i was doing earlier on this week um let me know i would i would gladly do them and again if you guys have any crazy stories that you'd like to share with me i'd absolutely love that i'm still thinking about how i'm going to get people on the show but also get them to talk about um true crime or murder or whatever um so if you have any ideas or input on that please send me a message i'm always open to ideas and uh, interested in what my listeners have to say and do but for now that is all i hope you have a lovely weekend and you stay warm and you stay safe guys i know covid is taking a toll on everyone and everyone in canada or calgary at least is really afraid of the second lockdown um it's really a scary time and so much uncertainty like we don't know what's going to happen one day after the next um but i really hope that you have a great day and you keep your head high and um reach out to someone and talk to them facetime if you're being isolated we all got to keep in contact somehow i know my me and my best friend katie like we call each other a lot and it's so great because right now it's kind of hard especially with her line of work right now she's working with the homeless people and um she's quite vulnerable in that situation and i don't get to see her as much but we find other ways to keep in contact and make sure we're okay and for anyone that you know that's living alone like your best friend who might be single keep an eye on them and keep in touch with them and make small gestures or you know do something to make their day and because it, it will stand out i think a mile but anyways i hope you enjoy this please don't forget to rate review subscribe well that's the biggest thing you can do to help me right now with this podcast and support me i'm loving all the support and i'm always so grateful for it i'm just going one small step at a time um and i'm okay with a slow process this is great it's, it's really really good and i'm really enjoying it um, I try and a lot of people recently have been giving me the feedback of um, that they really like listening to like the sound of my voice and it helps them sleep which I actually think is one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard of because I'm a very disruptive person I can't sit still I'm loud I think I'm quite aggressive when I talk and obnoxious so it's so funny when I kind of get into the state and I'm by myself and I'm in my basement I have my little heater going on my candles lit I really do feel quite relaxed for talking about such freaking crazy shit, but 
um yeah i do enjoy this i really do i get asked that a lot so and what really makes it enjoyable for me is when i do get to like read the reviews and hearing what people say and it usually is quite positive and again i'm always open to critical feedback but for this time for now i'm saying goodbye i'm not gonna keep talking (laughs) have a great day and stay safe bye bye